What's going on, everybody? Hello, hello. Welcome back to Caleb's Kung Fu Cinema. I'm your host, Caleb, and your favorite Kung Fu fanatic. This is episode 37. Once again, welcome back. Hello to everybody. I am joined, as always, by my lovely wife, Amber. Hey, guys. It's been um, it's been a pretty crazy couple of weeks. It feels like it's been forever ago since we did uh, Fistful of Vengeance. Yeah, it does. But that was towards the end of February. February is shortest month of the year of course and it's almost the end of march now but um but uh yeah a lot of interesting stuff going on before we get into today's main topic just to kind of get the uh i guess get the flow going we uh we saw the batman a couple weeks ago yeah we did we might go see it again tomorrow i don't know it depends on we're, we're, we're taking a little trip out of town so we might stop at a theater over over somewhere I don't know and check out the movie and because it was amazing yeah it was <laughs> yeah really I really loved it I I don't really when I first saw it and even now I still can't really think of any problems I had with it I thought it was great it, it might be my new favorite Batman movie so it's definitely mine yeah <laughs> it was it was really good it was a lot of fun I didn't care that it was almost three hours long that was a complaint among many people but it definitely Excuse didn't me, didn't, feel like it. Didn't bother me none. I thought it. I, but you know, I guess I, I guess because I was just so invested in it, I didn't even realize how long it was because it just kind of felt like the time just flew by. It really did. Yeah, it was really great to hear something in the way. I'm a big Nirvana fan. I don't think I've ever mentioned that, but I love Nirvana. I love their music. Um, and whenever I heard something in the way in the first trailer, I thought that was great. And it was a, a good addition to the trailer. I did not expect to actually hear it in the movie, though. Yeah. And you don't hear it just once. You hear it twice, actually. You hear it at the beginning and at the end. It was very fitting. Yeah. And and, and it's... Uh, and you hear, like... Uh, again, you do hear the actual song, but you also hear, like, a pretty significant portion of it. They, like, play the whole intro, the whole first verse, the chorus and everything. It's, it, it was really, it was really great to hear that. And, and the song itself, something in the way is climbing up the charts. I mean, you showed me that yeah. the other day. It's, it's like, what, it number, number six? six? Yeah. It's the last time I looked. Yeah. It's climbing the charts and, in, in playthroughs or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, I cried if anybody <laughs> would care to know. And I guess it was more of, if you were like me, <clears throat> when, uh, we saw him in, Twilight, you know, we were all 14 and 15 year olds and I think now you know. we can <laughs> I think now we can stop talking about Twilight. Thank like God. now that the movie's finally out Cuz now everything. that I now that I'm older, look, I used to have an obsession with it and now that I'm older, I'm like, "Oh god, I can't even I can't even look at anything of it anymore cuz I cringe like so hard." They are pretty terrible movies. So you see this movie you're like, "Oh my god, we've all like grown up." Like Everybody, including Robert Pattinson, like we've all grown up, and mm-hmm. now he's Batman. Yeah, so kind of cool. So now that he's Batman, you can <laughs> finally stop talking about Twilight and Edward and Jacob and all that. Of course, people still do the comparison pictures on the on the internet. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Facebook there's still like before, <laughs> yeah. like before and after, you know, twenty or two thousand eight yeah. versus twenty twenty two. I don't know, but <laughs> something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we 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 did uh, we did see the Batman. Have we seen anything else recently? 
I don't uh, think so. No. Uh, whatever movie you watched the other day. Uh oh, you watched that uh Jailbreak movie. I I watched that yesterday. Yeah, I did yeah. watch Jailbreak. It was a very fun movie. Shout out to uh, the Food for Thought podcast. Their next episode is going to be on the Netflix film. Or it's not a Netflix film. I'm sorry. It is. It 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 it, it is distributed by Netflix, so the movie's going to stay on Netflix, but it's not technically a Netflix movie. But uh, yeah, Jailbreak's a 2017 Cambodian action film, very similar to The Raid, at least in terms of the fight scenes. The the choreography and just the the brutality of it is very similar. There's a lot of comedy. I did not expect there to be so much comedy in that movie. Um, story's not really, not really there. It's almost non-existent. But uh, um, however, though, I'm I am most certain. Uh, I am I am like one hundred percent certain that that was probably the intention here. Probably was just to show that over in Cambodia they can make good action films too because this mm-hmm. is this is a this is definitely a big stepping stone for them. Um, but yeah, it, the story not being there, I'm sure that was the point because you know they they're they were they were probably thinking I don't know this but they were they were probably thinking hey let's just get let's just get all the garbage out of the way and get to what we were actually here for, and that's the fight scenes. And they're great. I really I really enjoyed it. Jailbreak's a solid movie. Um, I also, like, watched... Uh, I watched Boxer from Shantung for the first time. That's that that's in my Shaw Scope set. Which, speaking of, I recently did a poll on my Instagram for what Blu-ray review to do next on the YouTube channel. Shaw Scope Volume 1 was the winner, so I will be doing a review of that very soon on the YouTube channel. Um... But yeah, I watched Boxer from Sean Tung. That was in, that was in that that uh, box set, and uh, it, that was it was a really solid movie. It's a little too long. It's like two hours and fifteen minutes. Like, geez, okay. <laughs> but um, but it was a very good movie. And right after that, I watched Once Upon a Time in Shanghai again. Which the only reason I watched that right after Boxer from Sean Tung was because Once Upon a Time in Shanghai is actually a remake of that, and so I just wanted to watch the two and see how they're different, how they're the same, which one I prefer. Honestly, I really, really like both of them, but I think I think Once Upon a Time in Shanghai is slightly better. And uh, I could go into a whole explanation why, but I'm not going to do that today. Whenever we actually talk about one of those movies, I'll explain it, but I, I will say I think Once Upon a Time in Shanghai is a, is a better movie. Um, you also watched Police Story too, didn't you? Didn't you sit down one day last week and do that? New Police Story? Yeah, I think you watched well, one of them. I did watch New Police Story. I yeah, mentioned yeah. that, but I mentioned that whenever we did uh, oh. whenever we did Fistful of Vengeance. I had watched oh. New Police Story at that time. I thought you had watched it since, or one of them since then, but maybe not. Yeah. Um, maybe you're watching a U- uh, YouTube video. Probably that too, yeah. I, I do that a lot. And uh, I just received, uh, I finally received my copy of Skinny Tiger and Fatty Dragon. The, but you've been waiting, feels been, like... Almost two months. It's been almost. It's been almost, almost two months. It felt like a year. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I finally got that, and I just did an unboxing video, so you guys check that out on the YouTube channel. But yeah, I finally received that, and I'm gonna watch that movie probably tonight if we're not doing anything else. But um, yeah, that's a, that's about it as far as as far as like a uh, new movies we watched or revisited or stuff like that. But. Uh, yeah, with that out of the way, it's time to get on to the uh, the main topic. But everybody's here to uh, to listen to and hear us discuss. We are going to be talking one of the absolute classics in the kung fu uh, 
kung fu film genre. One of my favorite movies. I love this film. It's The Flying Guillotine. This is a great movie. I remember the first time I saw it, um, it was on the El Rey Network, the TV channel that was started by Robert Rodriguez. Um, uh, my dad was visiting from Washington State at the time. And we were sitting there watching the El Rey Network because every because Robert Rodriguez likes kung fu movies, and every now and then he would show a he would show an old kung fu movie on the channel. And Flying Guillotine was coming up after one that had just a movie that just went off. I don't remember what played before that, but Flying Guillotine was coming up, and Dad had said that it was a uh, he's he's like we need to watch that. It's a it, it's it's a classic. It's 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 a very fun movie. It's it's hilarious in some ways, and so I was like, okay, yeah. So we watched it, and yeah, I thought it was great. I had so much fun with it. And, um, and watching it, uh, watching it now, I haven't watched it in like two years. The last time I watched it was back in, uh, back in 2020 when we were all stuck in our homes. This is the first time I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is the first time I'm seeing it in two years. And I still think it's a very great, very solid movie with the exception of one part, which I will, I will get to. Um, but, uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, We'll go ahead and jump into the uh, jump into the particulars of the movie and stuff like that. So, Flying Guillotine. Uh, Flying Guillotine was released in 1975. It was directed by a uh, Ho Meng Hua, fight choreographed by uh, Simon Shu, and the film stars Chen Quan Tai, Ku Fang, and Frankie Wei, among uh, among some other pretty good actors like uh, like Wong Yu. You know, he was uh, may he rest in peace. He's sadly no longer with us. But Wong Yu was in great films like Executioners from Shaolin. Uh, 36 Chamber of Shaolin or, and, you know, Dirty Ho and stuff like that. And we also had a uh, Wu Chi Lu who plays the, uh, plays the love interest of the film. But, um, but, uh, just to give you guys, uh, a, a, uh, a quick gist of what happens before we like dive into the, the specific stuff. Basically, Chen Quan Tai plays a, uh, plays a soldier and, um, he, he, He's trained to become. Uh, he's trained to be an assassin, along with um, along with eleven other soldiers in his outfit. They all learn to use this brand new weapon called the flying guillotine, of course. And he becomes very disillusioned with his mission, and he decides to leave. And he is, um, and then the remainder of the film is just him being hunted by those he once called his friends. And uh, just right there, you can you, you like you, you think that sounds pretty interesting. I don't. I can't speak for everybody, of course, but you know if. Me, if if someone told me like that was just the basic outline, I'd be like that sounds pretty, pretty cool and pretty intense. And this movie does have some very intense moments. There's a lot of paranoia, you know. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you watch the film, you can see that many characters in this movie are extremely paranoid. That's a big factor here. Um, and, and and the whole, uh, the whole thing, like everything that everything that happens, it was all a product of just simple paranoia. So. Uh, Flying Guillotine is set during the Qing Dynasty. There is an emperor who is basically a dick. <laughs> he's he is uh, he he he's very oppressive. He's been executing innocent people, pretty much executing anybody that he considers a threat to him. Um, and when the movie starts, he is confronted by these two subordinates of him, and they're. T- of his, and they're telling him, "Hey, you might want to rethink your methods here because you know you're just killing people left and right. Many of them are innocent people who didn't really do anything to you, you know. So you might want to kind of reconsider what you're doing here." And again, the emperor is very paranoid. 
So, like, anytime someone questions his his decisions or anything like that, he's he's thinking, oh, so you're going to start a rebellion against me, that sort of thing. And so, um, and so he asks, um, he asks one of his, uh, his, I'll say generals, I guess. He asks one of his generals, uh, Shin Kang, who's played by Ku Fang, uh, he says, I want you to create a new weapon that will destroy all my enemies. Uh, just a, a basically indestructible weapon. And so Ku Fang, he goes out and he's traveling to town and he sees some circus performers uh, having fun with like these plates and these chains and stuff like that. And after he sees that, he comes up with the idea for the flying guillotine, this brand new weapon. And it's basically, it's just this big circular blade and it, it, it has like this... Uh, funnel I guess or this like little tunnel it like latches onto a person's head you pull you pull the chain and then these blades cut the head off and then you just yank it off and it's strictly made for that yeah what if, what if like threw, threw their arm up could it like catch their arm yeah yeah and, like, it could do that too it could do that <laughs> but too. it's mostly for like beheadings yeah, everything. Was the yeah, every, every every death that's caused by the guillotine in this movie is a beheading. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so we don't see like any limbs chopped off or anything anything like that. It's just all beheadings, which you know, I think I think maybe if you wanted to add some versatility, you could have shown a dude losing his arm. Yeah, yeah. To the guillotine, but whatever. <laughs> it's a guillotine. It's meant. To, it was meant always to be, meant to yeah. cut the head off. So, but uh, but yeah. So Shin Kang, he uh, he creates the flying guillotine, and after testing the weapon on a uh, a dog. Uh, <laughs> I was very upset. Yeah. Caleb said, oh, I forgot, I forgot about this part. I forgot about that part again. I hadn't seen the movie in a couple of years. I said, you bitch. I yeah, was so mad. I, for, I forgot about that part. And we're not going to harp on that. However, I will say, the, my love for this movie aside, that is one of the most unsettling things I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's not a real dog. Mind you, like, we want to make that clear. They did not actually test that weapon on a dog. They didn't cut yeah. the dog's head off. And the effect... Uh, the, the eff Effect of it looks terrible. You can let's tell it's just, not a real Let's dog. just throw that out yeah, there once, right now. Once the guillotine like latches onto yeah, him, you can see like so, yeah. you can see that's not actually a dog. Yeah, but um, but there the, the dog is real whenever he's getting ready to use it. But once it latches onto him, yeah, fake dog. So even though it's fake, I still don't really know why they why they thought when they were writing the story. Hey, let's do a scene where he tests it on a dog. I mean, the emperor. Who knows? The emperor. The emperor has many enemies. He probably would have just been like, "Go test it on that guy." Like, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, anyway, the um, anyway, yeah. So after testing the weapon, the emperor is highly impressed. He's like, "Oh, this is a very remarkable weapon." And he and uh and he he comes up with a plan. He's like, "Okay, I want you, Shin Kang. I want you to." to uh, recruit 12 of my finest soldiers and we're going to train them to be assassins. We're going to teach them how to use this guillotine and we're going to, and we're going to secretly take out anyone who could be a threat to us. So yeah, Shin Kang, he recruits 12 soldiers. Uh, one of them is Ma Tang, who is played by Chen Quan Tai. Another one being uh, Shu Shuang Kun, who is played by Frankie Wei. Um, these are, these are their two, like, the two best ones out of out of the out of the out of the group, um, and uh, you, you know, and, and we see later on that they they master how to use the guillotine quicker than all the others. Like because everyone else, like like that that first training session they have when they're throwing the guillotine onto the wooden dummies, everybody misses except for them yeah. too. <laughs> um, uh, but um. As they train and and reach these like new milestones and become better with the weapon and stuff like that, 
the Emperor keeps showing up and congratulating them on uh, on using the weapon and accomplishing these new feats with it. And a lot of the soldiers begin to question, how does the Emperor know how well we're doing? Like, like we, we do something and then he just shows up and congratulates us. And then... Um, and then one night, one of the one of the soldiers in the group, Tian Fu, who's played by Wang Yu, um, he uh, he is telling Ma Tang. Him and Ma Tang are very close. You see that, like whenever whenever the film starts, you see that they that they have a pretty a pretty tight friendship. Um, uh, Tian Fu. One night, he he is telling Ma Tang that he that he uh, he would really like a girlfriend. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but he he would really like a girlfriend or a wife or something like that. And next thing you know, a woman shows up in his room, and she's like, "Oh, the emperor sent me." And uh, and Tian Fu's like, "Oh God, the I think the emperor's spying on us." And he he goes to Montaigne and tells him, he says, "Hey, uh, something weird's going on. I think the emperor like maybe he's spying on us, or he just like knows everything that we say and do because this woman just showed up at my room right after I told you I'd like a girlfriend." Um, but anyway, um, yeah. So that, that that's that's where the paranoia among the soldiers start because they 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 believe they believe that someone is spying on them. Um, a few months pass by anyway, and uh, Ma Tang he ha- he is learning he has learned to master the guillotine quicker than anybody. They the plan was to train these guys for six months. It's been four months, and Ma Tang knows how to use the guillotine better than anybody, basically. Um, one day while he's practicing blindfolded, he gets into a little scuffle with Shu. And, um, uh, which, you know, I mean, if you're practicing blindfolded and a dude's just walking around, that's bound to happen. He probably didn't know he was actually there, though. Uh, <laughs> but, um, anyway, yeah, Ma, he's practicing blindfolded with the guillotine and he accidentally hits Shu and a fight breaks out. They start going at it and, um... And uh, uh, Shen Kang, he breaks the fight up, excuse me, and um, and then later that night we see Shu, he visits the Emperor, and he's telling him that he thinks Ma Tang is a, is, uh, is a rebel or, or a traitor, and he's going to betray the Emperor. And this is where we learn that the Emperor knows everything because Shu is leaking information to him. Like, that's how the Emperor knows everything is because Shu is there among the soldiers. He, he he hears everything they say and sees everything they do. And so he he goes to the Emperor and tells him, hey, this guy said this or, or you know, this person did that. And uh, and so, and, and, the Emperor, and the Emperor is having to do this because, again, he's paranoid and he wants... Uh, and he wants one of the soldiers to spy on the others to make sure none of them are planning to rebel against him or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, Shu tells Ma, uh, not Ma, sorry, Shu tells the Emperor that Ma could be a traitor. You know, this guy might be planning to rebel against you. That is, of course, not true. But you know, the the fight the fight that broke out earlier, and we see and, and we see Shu is pretty jealous of Ma because everyone's like saying, "Oh, you know, Ma's so great. He's he's mastered the weapon faster than anybody." He's jealous, obviously. So um, so six months go by. And the soldiers, they've all learned to use the guillotine, and they've received the proper training and everything. Um, we also learned that the guillotine is basically indestructible because there's a sequence where uh, Shin Kang, he throws a guillotine, and and uh, they try to like, throw stuff in it in its way, and it just 
cuts right through it if the thing's basically indestructible. But uh, yeah, so six months go by and the soldiers receive their first mission. They The Emperor gives them the name of a guy they want them to take out. They go take him out. Oh, it's actually two people, actually. Sorry. Um, it's There's two people that they want him to, that the Emperor wants these guys to take out. And it's the two subordinates from the beginning of the movie who told him, hey, you might want to reconsider what you're doing here. So yeah, they take out those two targets and um, immediately after they get back from, from that mission, they get another mission. And um, and uh, right before that, they had gotten that mission though, Tian Fu is, um, he is, he is like freaking out basically. He's, he said, we were supposed to be killing our enemies, but we're going out there killing our own people, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and he, and he's, he's kind of losing it. And so, yeah, they get the next mission. They go out there to, they go and take to, sorry, they go out there to take out another, another one of the Emperor's subordinates. It's, it's, it's another guy that the Emperor is pretty crazy, uh, pretty like skeptical and paranoid about. Um, they, uh, Shin Kang, he tells Tian Fu, hey, take that guy out. Tian Fu can't do it though. He's, 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 he's like, no, I, I, I can't do it. I'm not. I'm not killing any more innocent people. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be a pawn or anything like that. So Ma Tang, he, um, he runs up and like knocks Tian Fu out and he takes a target out himself reluctantly, of course. Like he, he, he's starting to, he's starting to realize, you know, Tian Fu is probably right. I don't know if this, I don't know if what we're doing is, is the right thing to do, but he reluctantly takes the target out. And, um, later that night or a- after the mission, Shu goes back to the emperor and tells him what Tian Fu did, you know, and what he said. And so the Emperor tells Shu, he says, hey, take, take Shin Kang with you and go kill Tian Fu. And so they go kill him and his his new girlfriend, of course. And um, uh, later on, Ma Tang finds out that Tian Fu was killed and um, and he's pissed, you know, so he... Yeah, they, they didn't even spare his girlfriend either. Yeah. And, and, and he, so he like goes up to all the soldiers and he said, what happened to Tian Fu? And, uh, and... Shu and Shin Kang, they they both say, I killed him. It's a, he was a traitor, you know, so we, we did what we did what we had to do. Um uh, anyway, uh yeah, he's very he's very angry. He he just berates everybody and Shu goes crying back to the Emperor and and uh tells him, Hey, uh Montaigne said all this stuff, he's not happy that you that you told us to kill Tian Fu. And so the Emperor says, Okay, we'll kill him too. And, um, and right before they, right before they can, right before Shu and Shin Kang can kill Ma Tang, he escapes. He packs his stuff and runs. And he kills a couple, he kills, I, I almost said a couple, it's more than a couple, but he kills several guards and he, and he ends up escaping the, uh, uh, the grounds, I'll say. Um, and, uh, the Emperor sends all of his soldiers out, says, go find him. And, uh... We don't know how long it's been exactly. Maybe a couple of days. Ma Tang is uh, just walking through town, and he meets a singer who is uh, played by uh, Wu Chi Lu. Her name, uh, the singer's name is Yu Ping. Um, he meets her, and uh, and then the some of the some of the soldiers, two of them, they find Ma Tang and they chase after him. Um, and then Yu Ping, she sees a whole other convoy of soldiers coming up, and she decides to distract them while Ma Tang can take out the other two guys himself. And he kills both of them. And something uh, something I thought was kind of funny here, um, they, they, 
they, they probably did it this way to, you know, not make it so obvious. But whenever they see a guy getting beheaded, they cut away from it, like, really quickly. Like, you can see the headless corpse. Mm. <laughs> but then they just cut really quickly. But then they also kind of cut around the dude just kind of flailing around because his head is gone. You see his arms and legs kicking. and But there's a scene here whenever Ma Tang is fighting these two soldiers. Um... He takes one of their. They all have. They all have flying guillotines with them, obviously. Um, and he takes one of them and throws it at this dude. And the, the 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 guillotine it has the blades on the inside, but there's also smaller blades like cir- like around circling around it. And he throws it at one dude and hits him right in the face. And it's so quick, like this just the the cut like from the guillotine. It was stuck in a wall. It like leaves the wall, hits the dude in the face, and then cuts back to the to like the crowd being distracted by the singer <laughs> and um but anyway um yeah ma he takes out the two soldiers that were chasing after him but he gets beat up a little bit and uh and you ping she successfully distracts the other convoy and they just turn off and go somewhere else um uh but uh you ping she takes ma tang and they um and she nurses him back to health and they end up falling in love and uh and Ma Tang tells her, you know, let, let, let's run away together. We'll start a farm. That way we can make money and stuff like that. And we'll just, you know, it'll just be us, just you and me. And um, so, yeah, they fall in love, run away together, start a farm. The emperor, he is very angry. Like, like we cut over to the emperor, and he's very angry that the soldiers have yet to find Ma Tang. And so he... And so he takes even fur- even further measures for them to find him. He says, I want you all to dress up in civilian clothing, blend in with the crowd, and just find Ma Tang and bring him to me. Um, so, yeah, all the soldiers, they, blend, uh, they they wear civilian clothing. They're going around trying to find Ma Tang. And there's a scene where um, where uh, Shu and Shen Kang, they, they meet up with a fortune teller. And th- this scene was kind of weird, but it does play a part later. I didn't really... I thought this was kind of unnecessary. It does play a part later, though. So, I guess, you know, like when you look in the... When you look at the bigger picture, it wasn't unnecessary. I was just like, okay, why did they need to meet a fortune teller, though? But, uh... <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, Shu and Shin Kang, they meet this fortune teller, and he... And he tells them... He tells them their fortune, which basically is... If you continue down this path, you're gonna die. And, um... And uh, and Shu he uses this opportunity to go to the emperor, and he tells him, "Hey, I think Shin Kang is going to betray us. I think he's starting a rebellion." And uh, and the emperor says, "You know, how do you know that?" And he shows him the fortune that the fortune teller gave them, but he twists it around a bit. He tells him, he tells the emperor, he says, "This means you, like that means the emperor. This means you're going to die." So. Uh, so yeah, I and I, I think Shin Kang is going to start a rebellion, and um, and of course the emperor doesn't believe him at first because here we learn that Shu is Shin Kang's godson. So the emperor of course doesn't believe him at first because they're they're basically family, and uh, and Shu tells the emperor he's, he's like no I'm telling you the truth I have a, I, like I have a witness. And the emperor says, who's the witness? And it was the fortune teller. And so they they get the fortune teller and they beat the hell out of him. <laughs> And I guess the fortune teller told them what they wanted to hear, even though what he, even though the fortune he gave wasn't exactly, wasn't exactly what Shu told the emperor, you know? Um, I, but it, it cuts away, so we don't really see, sorry, we don't really see what he told them. 
you know, so so I can only assume that he just told them what they wanted to hear. Probably. And so, um, and so, uh, yeah, anyway, come back over to Yu Ping and Ma Tang. Yu Ping is now pregnant, and, you know, her and Ma Tang have a farm, and they're they're doing just fine. Uh, one night, Yu Ping goes into labor, and, um... And it's kind of funny here because Ma Tang, like, uh, uh, Yuping wakes him up and Ma Tang's, at first he thinks she needs, she needs, like, medicine or something. So he's trying to get medicine. And she's like, she's like, no, the baby's coming. And Ma Tang's like, he's like, oh, shit. He's like, I'm going to be a dad. And so, and uh, so she tells him, uh, go find the midwife because, you know, she needs to deliver the baby, of course. Um so he runs into town and he finds the midwife, but when he finds her and brings her back to his house, he is spotted by a couple of soldiers. You know, they, they've been wandering around trying to find him, obviously. Um, uh, yeah, uh, he finds uh, he finds the midwife, but some soldiers spot him and they follow him and the midwife to his house. The midwife goes into his house to deliver the baby, and while she is in there delivering the baby... Ma standing outside, and he gets attacked by the two soldiers that followed him. And this is kind of weird how they intercut a fight scene with a birthing scene. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, he can't go in there. Yeah. You know, this is back at the time where, you know, they, it was just like... I, it's distracting, It I was guess. just like the the mother and then the midwife, like the guys had to stay outside until the baby was born or yeah. whatever. I just thought it was kind of weird. Yeah, how inter- a fight is... How the intercut a birthing scene with a fight scene. Well, life and death. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so... Uh, uh, yeah, Ma Tang, he kills the two soldiers and um, Yu Ping gives birth to a son and uh, Ma Tang tells her, he's like, I'm sorry, but... Like, I know you just had the baby, but we need to move. Because, you know, the guys came after him. That means it's only a matter of time before the other soldiers find him, too. So he said, we need to move. Move further away. Um, so after... Um, so, yeah, after that, they after they move away, we cut back. Uh, Shu and Shin Kang are meeting up to... Uh, uh, to, to have a discussion about what else they can do to find Ma Tang. This was right after, you know, uh, Shu told the Emperor that he thinks Shin Kang is starting a rebellion. That is, of course, again, lies, because, you know, he's just he's just jealous and greedy. And the Emperor was giving him money. You know, like, after, like every time Shu, uh, Shu, like, went and told him, hey, this guy said this or that, he gave him money. And so... He just keeps going back for more money and for a higher position in, you know, or a higher rank, rather, sorry, a um, higher rank in the military and stuff like that. Um, so they're they're fixing to meet up right before that, though, like earlier earlier on in, in this day, um, uh, Ma Tang, uh, his wife, Yu Ping, and their son, uh, Ma Tang was not here when this happened, so it was just Yu Ping and their son, um, they, they, they accidentally run into... Uh, Shin Kang and another soldier named Luo Ping, and um, excuse me, and um, uh, uh, Luo Ping he almost hits, he almost like runs over uh, Yu Ping and Ma Tang's son on his horse, but you know Yu Ping pushed him out of the way, and he gets off and he tells her that he was sorry, like they like they were they they kind of lost control, they were going too fast, but um, uh, Luo Ping he sees a little jade pendant on 
on the son's neck, and he recognizes it as Ma Tang's. Because earlier, whenever Ma Tang and Shu had that fight, um, uh, Shu ripped off Ma Tang's jade pendant like it was his, and everybody saw it, you know, so they, they, they recognized the pendant. And um, so Luo Ping noticed the pendant, and he took it from the baby, but he didn't say anything. He just took it. He didn't say anything to the wife, didn't say anything to Shen Kang. He just took it. How long do you think it's, what What do you think the time frame is here, by the way, between having the baby and now? What would you say the time frame is? Because that's a big baby. He did get pretty big. It's probably, <laughs> it, well, and, and also, um, whenever Luo Ping and Ma Tang finally meet up again, um, I think Luo Ping said um, that it had been two years. So the baby's probably two. Okay, so we had a two-year time jump. Okay. Yeah, because he, uh. Because he had mentioned it, like whenever they run into each other again, he asks Montaigne. He said, "I bet." He said, "I'll bet you haven't had a decent night's sleep in two years." Like is it so? Okay. Yeah. I so bet, it's been. I must have missed that part. Yeah. It's it, so I. I'm going to assume that the baby's probably two years old. I like how they did a time jump without saying, you know, two years later, or you know, they just. That's how it was back then. Like movie, movies nowadays, they they say it. Yeah. Movies nowadays, they not all of them, of course, but many of them nowadays, they'll be like. One year later, yeah. or you know, or <laughs> six or, months, or, or twenty years later, yeah, or whatever. something. Digital font, California. I don't know, but <laughs> digital. <laughs> but um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, Luo Ping, he took he took the jade pendant, but he didn't say anything. Um, and then that night, right before Shu and Shin Kang meet up, Shin Kang sees Luo Ping holding the pendant, but again, doesn't say anything to him. But he sees he's holding, it, and again, he recognizes the pendant too. Then Shu comes up and Shin Kang and Shu go to a restaurant and they're talking. Shin Kang tells Shu, he says, hey, I think Luo Ping knows where Ma Tang is because I saw him with his jade pendant and we ran into this family earlier. Um, but uh, right, right after he says that, Shu comes clean with Shin Kang and tells him, you know, hey, the emperor told me to take you out. And he like shows him this decree and it's got his name on it. And, he's, and he... And Shin Kang, of course, you know, asks, why me? I've been loyal, that sort of thing. And, um, what? Yeah. No. What? No. <laughs> uh, and, but Shin Kang and Shu, they, they, uh, they fight. And, um, there's a pretty lengthy chase sequence too. Like it's late at night and Sh uh, Shin Kang's trying to run away, but Shu chases after him and he, he, uh, Shu kills him. He, he, uh, uses the guillotine on him, of course, and, uh, cuts his head off, and then he assumes command of the uh, of the outfit, and um, and he and he tells everyone. Everyone saw him kill Shu, or Shin Kang. Sorry, everyone saw Shu kill him, and um, and he tells him. He says he was a traitor. He was fixing to start a rebellion, but I put an end to it. Now I'm in charge, and so um, uh, anyway, the next day, um, Shu. Again, who is now in charge? Shu and Luo Ping and all the other soldiers. They all get on their horses and they and they ride out to find to find Ma Tang. Shu, of course, remembers Shin Kang telling him that he thinks Luo Ping knows where Ma Tang is. So he secretly follows Luo Ping, and Luo Ping goes to he goes to Ma Tang's house, and they um and and they actually have a pretty friendly reunion, and they never really had any problems with each other. Like earlier on in the movie, they. They they had friendly conversations. I think uh, I think um, uh, it's it, it's kind of hard because they're 
there were like no subtitles for what was happening right here, but um, I think Luo Ping actually told Ma that the Emperor was probably going to kill him, and that's what gave, that's what like gave Ma the idea. Okay, I need to, I need to leave. You know, so they're they're actually friends, and they have a friendly reunion here, and um, and uh, Luo Ping uh, is is gonna is gonna have dinner with them, and they're gonna catch up and stuff like that, and like and just like talk things over and everything, but then. Shu, he shows up and he kills Luo Ping. He throws his uh he throws his guillotine like through the window and he cuts <laughs> Luo Ping's head off of it. And when he pulls it back and sees it's Luo Ping's head, he's like shocked. I guess he didn't mean to kill him. He was trying to kill Ma Tang, of course. But it was just <laughs> it's just kind of kind of where he pulls it back and he sees Luo Ping's head. He's like, oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, oh damn. <laughs> but um But then uh uh Luo Ping yeah, so yeah, Lo Ping is dead. Shu and Ma Tang, they, they resume their fight in Ma Tang's house. And um, there's a great shot right before their fight happens in the house. Um, Ma Tang, he, he grabs his flying guillotine. He still had one. He had it on him the whole time. And uh, he runs out there, and him and Shu, their flying guillotines clash, and then they, like, explode. Which I, I've always loved that shot. I thought that was really cool. Um, but, you know, it shows that the only thing that can destroy a guillotine is another guillotine. So yeah, their 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 guillotines clashed and then they explode into metal and all of that <laughs> and sparks and everything and um so yeah uh, their the fight resumes in their house. This might be my favorite fight scene. It's just it's very um it's very visceral. Like Montaigne picks up a table and just starts beating the hell out of him. He like he just. He just like bashes him across the face with the table like five times, but it's also kind of funny because Shu doesn't go down. He just kind of spins around and hits the wall, and he gets hit again. Then he spins around. There's again. like no, there's like no, <laughs> there's no end to there's it. There's like no defense whatsoever. <laughs> it's just like get hit, spin. So it's almost like he's dancing around the living room. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, this this hip choreography is very much like dancing. Yeah. So, but um. But anyway, um, so uh, <laughs> we get probably the funniest oh scene in the whole movie. So yeah, while they're fighting in the house, Shu he gets a hold of Ma Tang's son, and um, and he runs. You know, he was going to kidnap his son just so he could get away. But he gets uh, he gets a hold of Ma Tang's son and he runs. And then Ma Tang chases after him, as well as every other farmer in this village. He, he like rounds up a posse instantly. <laughs> like we don't just... see any of them until this. Scene. There's yeah. like what six, six to eight of them. There were several. Yeah, there was a bunch. ten at the most. But we didn't it, even know any other farmer. He like here. just instantly rounds up a posse. We've never seen these people. We don't see him. Bu- we don't see him walk up to these people and be like, "Hey, that dude took my son." No, <laughs> like, they, just they just show, show up. up. <laughs> they just show up and. Um, and they're all swinging their gardening tools at Shu, and you can tell that Shu is holding a doll, dude. Because of the way like he's like so... flailing around holding the baby, there are some close up close ups where you see the actual baby, but then there's wide shots where you just see a doll. Like it's clearly a doll. Like that, he is like whipping that thing and in, then, in a circle. Yeah, and then my favorite part is when he throws the baby. Yeah, to throws them. it. <laughs> he throws it at them and. And Ma Ting catches the baby, and then Shu runs away. But it was all sped up really fast. He just like <laughs> like throws like times two, <laughs> and it was 
Oh my god, it was so funny. Like, yeah, have you ever sped up like a basketball video of them like shooting it in the net, running and then shooting? In the that net, is yeah. exactly what this scene <laughs> was like. He just tossed that poor baby. This kind of re- it kind of reminded me. I didn't say anything because I was just trying to watch the movie. Um, I didn't say anything, but it kind of reminded me of in. Which Yakuza game was it? Was it six when they're throwing the baby around? Yeah. Was it six? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It reminded me of that. But the baby was having the time of his life. Yeah. In slow um, motion, he's like smiling. Yeah. <laughs> and laughing. Yeah. That wasn't happening in this, though. No, this was like. <laughs> it just kind of reminded me of that the way he threw the baby. That baby at. wasn't having the time of his life. That baby was crying. And it was a doll. <laughs> the whole time. Speaking of, the whole time they show the baby, the baby's always crying. Baby's crying. Well, I know that, but like they don't ever show it like happy and smiling. No, it's always crying and screaming and. Yeah. There's no happy moments. Yeah. That was so funny, though. I'm not trying to make light of a baby being in danger. That's not cool. You know, of course, like, I don't condone stuff but like this that. Is a, but this is a baby doll. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's clearly a doll. But just but just how but just how cheap and obvious it is makes it funny. And the fact that they sped it up, I don't know why they did that. <laughs> like, why did they speed it up? I guess they felt if they sped it up, it would be less obvious when he throws yeah, the baby. It looked more it, real, it, it, I guess. It didn't though. It was nope. still it was still pretty clear, you know. But um, but anyway, so yeah, he uh, Shu gives the baby up and runs away, and he um, and uh, yeah, he gets away. Ma Tang he goes back to his wife and he's like, okay, we need to move again. So I'm starting to relate to this because <laughs> I moved a lot. But um, so he uh, yeah, he he goes back to his wife and he says, hey, I'm sorry, but we need to move again. They move. They moved to this other just abandoned house like further into the woods, but Shu had already told all the other soldiers where he was. So they chase after them and they try to hide out in the in this abandoned house, but the soldiers burn it they, they, they burn it down and um and, and they and then they just leave. I guess they I guess they they figured, you know, if they're in there the fires the fires will, will kill them. So they burn the house down and leave. But, you know, Ma Tang and Yu Ping and the baby are still alive. Ma Tang leaves, he leaves the two of them and he tells them, like, he, he like, they hide out in the woods and he tells them, he says, I need, say, I need to finish this. Like, I'm, I'm going to go take the, take these guys out one by one. Like, you, you need to stay here, watch after the baby. You know, if I don't come back, just, just leave without me, find, find a new place to live. And so, um... So yeah, Ma Tang he leaves to uh he leaves to finish to finish the fight. Um we don't know how long it took. It took several days. We know that at least because there there's like day and night shots of him like trying to find food or just sleeping or trying to get water and stuff like that. So this probably took a few weeks or months, I don't know, but it took a while. And um uh uh, one day while he's in the woods hiding out, you know, and we, we see him, you know, and, and he runs across several, like several soldiers. Like there, there's a really great fight scene in the forest, like whenever he fights some of them. Um, but uh, one night, one day while he's in the woods, he has an umbrella with him and he's looking at the umbrella and he figures out he could use something like this to counter the, the flying guillotine weapon because, you know, it, 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 when, when you're unarmed and you got all these guys with guillotines, it's only a matter of time before they get you. Yeah. So he goes he goes into this other town and he visits the blacksmith and he asks the blacksmith to make this uh, this like metal type umbrella for him. 
And um, after after he makes the weapon, two more soldiers show up and they find Matang. Another fight breaks out, and then this is where um, this is where Matang uses that new weapon. It's it, like I said, it's just a metal umbrella, but it's got like a lot of uh, like e each each blade around the what's it the rim? I guess I don't know what you call it. The 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 we'll just say the rim, the big part of the umbrella. You know, <laughs> the um. Yeah, the big part of the umbrella. Each blade, like, comes out. You know, so one of the soldiers, he throws his guillotine at Matang, but Matang, he, he like, opens the umbrella. Or, no, it, it gets caught on the umbrella, but then he opens it up, and then it repels the guillotine right back at the dude and kills him. And then he, um... Uh... He kills the other guy, and there's a there's another pretty funny scene right after he kills these two and runs off. Um, the blacksmith, yeah, the blacksmith, his uh, um, what's it what's it called? Where like like their their place of business? I think it's called like a like a smithy or something like that, or a smithy or something. I think it's called a smithy, where where they where they where they like actually work on stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, the blacksmith's place of business, I'll say, got completely wrecked, completely destroyed, and. <laughs> There's, I would probably be acting this way too if my place of business got destroyed. But it's just kind of funny whenever Matang runs off, the blacksmith sees and he's like, he's like, oh my god, look what you've done to my store! And um, and then Shu, there is a, is that a garbage truck? I, have I don't no know idea. if you guys can hear that. There is a, uh, there, there, there's a, a something is backing. A up. truck is backing up. I don't know if that's I, a garbage truck I or don't not. Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. So yeah, after Montaigne kills these two soldiers and escapes, Shu he starts going after him, and he walks up to the blacksmith. The blacksmith is just like sitting there against the ruins of his business, and he's just like crying. <laughs> he's like that. He's like that idiot wrecked my shop. <laughs> and then Shu's like, "Where did he go?" He's like, "He went that way." Like, go get him. He destroyed my store. <laughs> and um, and so Shu and uh, two other soldiers chase after him, and um. And then this is like this is where our final sequence comes in. So Shu, he um he or not Shu, I'm sorry, Matang. Matang still has a guillotine on him. Like he he took one from the other soldier that he had killed earlier. And um he has this one on him and he kills the other two soldiers with it, and then he fights Shu hand to hand, which I I like that. I like so whenever Shu after the other two soldiers get killed, Shu, he throws his guillotine at Ma Tang, but it gets stuck in a rock, and then Ma Tang throws his guillotine at that guillotine, and then they destroy each other, of course. There's a lot of guillotines mm -hmm. being thrown around here. It is called the flying guillotine, after all. Um, so, yeah, he throws his and destroys both of them so that he can fight Shu hand-to-hand, -hand, which I like that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, okay, we'll, we'll do this the old-fashioned way. But, uh, but... And at the end, anyway, Ma gets a hold of another guillotine because from the other two guys that were with him, he gets a hold of one of those and he uses that on Shu and beheads him and kills him. Um, and then he uh, he reunites with his family and they all live happily ever after. Or do they? Yeah, yeah they pretty much do. <laughs> <laughs> There's There is a sequel to this movie, which I will get to in a second. But I will clarify, I have not seen the sequel, so I don't know if his family actually did live happily ever after. But, or if um, it even has the same people. It doesn't. It, do it doesn't? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. But, uh, yeah, that is uh, that is the flying guillotine. This movie is awesome. 
I really love it. Aside from that dog scene, again, wasn't a real dog, I know. It was still unsettling. I still don't know why they did that. They could have easily tested it on like a person or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess it's just to show, just show their cruelty or something like that. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. But um, yeah. Anyway, aside from that, I love the Flying Guillotine. This is one of my favorite Shaw Brothers films. It's a classic, and it also left behind a pretty, pretty big legacy. Even though we haven't really seen anything in the last. Uh, uh, oh, it's been well over a decade since we saw anything that had that was even remotely related to the flying guillotine. Um, but uh, uh, that is that is, however, our segue into um, into into said legacy that the flying guillotine left behind. The flying guillotine was a the film itself was a huge contribution to the North American Kung Fu craze of the 70s. Like, th that all started, you know, I've talked about it before, whenever Five Fingers to Death came out in the States. Like, stuff like that, and Lady Whirlwind, and Big Boss, and Fist of Fury. When all those movies came out in the States, Kung Fu was huge. Flying Guillotine was another one of those movies that, that was showing everywhere, all over the States. It was a movie that everybody went crazy about. Um, and then the, the weapon itself, the actual Flying Guillotine, it's... It has become one of the most popular weapons in Kung Fu cinema history, even though, again, we haven't really seen anything from it in, in well over a decade. Um, but, but yeah, the weapon itself is just something, something that is that is st uh, stood the test of time. It's been referenced in songs and and all kinds of other stuff like that, and. Um, and we and like I said, we we got a sequel, and we also got a remake, and we got. I don't want to say spinoffs because these probably aren't exactly spinoffs, but um, but they are uh, they are kind of related to this. But uh, anyway, in nineteen seventy eight, we got Flying Guillotine two, also known as Palace Carnage, and that starred T Lung. I haven't seen it, but I have, I have. Uh, read a little bit about it, like looked at who was in it and stuff like that. And T. Lung is the main character, but he plays Ma Tang, like the same character that Chen Quan Tai played in this film. So, I yeah, it, it is related, I guess, but completely different story. I don't really know. But um, we also had we uh, that was the sequel in 2012. We got a remake called The Guillotines. I haven't seen that either. I'll probably check that out, but um. Yeah, that that was a remake of 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 this of this movie, the original Flying Guillotine. I've seen like pictures and stuff from that movie, and they don't even like have. I could be wrong about this. It's been a while since I looked at pictures of this, but they didn't even like have an actual flying guillotine. The soldiers had like this blade on their arm, and that was quote the guillotine, and which which is why they called the movie the guillotines. That's not no. Guillotine. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I think probably. Um, I have to go back and look at these pictures. Yeah. Yeah, that's not no guillotine. Yeah, I think uh, I could be wrong about that though. I th now that I think about it, I think the guillotines might actually have been what the soldiers were called. I could be wrong about that though. Again, I haven't seen the remake. I haven't read about it in a really long time, so sounds, I'm kind of just sounds dumb. <laughs> I'm just speaking on a whim here. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, like that was that was the remake that we got in 2012. But then there were also um, there were also spinoffs like I 
uh, like I mentioned a second ago. However, I don't want to say that they are spinoffs because they're not related to this movie. They just have the weapon, the flying guillotine, in it. One of the most popular ones being Master of the Flying Guillotine, which was released in 1976. It was directed by Jimmy Wang Yu, who also stars in the film. It's a sequel to One-Armed Boxer. And speaking of One-Armed Boxer, is going to be our next episode. I'm super excited about that. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Master of the Flying Guillotine was a sequel to One-Armed Boxer. And yeah, it basically just has that same weapon. And it has this... Uh, it has this uh, this assassin, this blind assassin who's masquerading as a Shao, or not a Shao, I'm sorry, a Tibetan, a Tibetan Lama, and he is, um, and he's yeah, he is trying to find the one armed boxer because he killed two of his students in the first film. So this Did you call is, him a llama? Yeah, L A M A. That's the thing. Oh, I no, I didn't mean the animal. <laughs> I didn't know what that. Was. Oh, it's a, a Tibetan llama. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, no, I didn't mean the animal. Uh, well, I've never heard of an. I've, I've never heard of that. So that's why I was like, "What?" Yeah, he, yeah, but he, he's 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 this blind assassin. He's masquerading as a Tibetan llama, and he's uh, hunting Jimmy Jimmy Wang Yu's character, the one-armed boxer. Because in the first film, one-armed boxer, he killed two of his students, and so yeah, this is a follow-up to that. He finds out that two of his students are dead, and that a one-armed man did it. And so, which, it's like, a, you remember in The Mask when he was like, no, it wasn't me. It was the one-armed man. Mm. <laughs> which, that's a reference to something else, I think. I don't know what. But, anytime, but it makes you think of Anytime him. I hear it was the one-armed man, I think of The Mask. Yeah. <laughs> and Master of the Flying Guillotine is one of the... One of the craziest movies you'll ever see. I love that movie. There are some who say it's not as good as One Arm Boxer, and I can see why they would they would think that. But I don't think it's better or worse. I I love Master of the Flying Guillotine just as much as I love One Arm Boxer, which is a lot. I think it's I think it's a great movie. It's very entertaining. Um, a lot of really crazy characters and other crazy stuff happening. Um, and there are, there are moments in Master of the Flying Guillotine that are just hilarious, like. Like Jimmy Wayne, you walking up walls and stuff—it's so funny. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it's just a very great, outrageous movie. And uh, and another flying guillotine-related film we had was 1977's Fatal Flying Guillotines, which uh, starred Carter Wong. I haven't seen that movie either. I've seen a lot of pictures of it though. I think it's on Tubi. I might have to watch it because anything with flying guillotines, I'll watch because it's it's just such a crazy weapon and. When you when that move when that weapon is in a movie, you're like, okay, it's gonna be crazy. We need to watch the movie. But I've seen pictures and 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 the guy who the main villain he uses like two of them. He's got like these two big flying guillotines that I've seen. But um, but uh, yeah, I can't really comment further on fail flying guillotines because I haven't seen it. But that, that that's just another movie that is uh that is relate that is related to the uh, to the weapon itself. Um, but yeah, anyway. Flying Guillotine, the film, is is definitely one of my favorites. It's always gonna be one of my favorite Shaw Brothers films. It's a classic. It's it's one of the reasons why Kung Fu films are as big as they are in the US. It was a huge it was a huge factor in making them popular over here. And 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 it wasn't and it wasn't just like with just the movies. Like I said, songs were also were also a big part of it. I mean there's 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 a whole album I believe it's an album by Jump City, and it's called Master of the Flying Guillotine. You know, so it's 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 just something that's been referenced for 
for years and years and years in mainstream media. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend people check out Flying Guillotine if uh, if you're okay with watching a fake dog die, <laughs> which I mean it, it it happens quickly, and then you know we just move on to the next thing. It's it, it it's definitely not like John Wick where the dog's death stays with you for the rest of the movie, yeah. and then the sequels and stuff like that. But that wasn't just a dog, you know. I was, Don't start. <laughs> I was quoting the movie there. <laughs> Don't start. <Yeah. laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, that's a uh, that's that's pretty much all I have to say, babe. What did you think about flying guillotine? It's pretty good for my first time watching. Pretty good. It. That's it. <laughs> well, for my first time watching it, I mean, it was it was pretty good. Yeah. I I didn't know much about that kind of stuff, so. Yeah, it was actually kind of funny. Uh, last night you you put the movie in. But I was sitting on the couch. <laughs> I was sitting on the couch, and um, you had just finished playing uh, uh, your your video game, and then you 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 decided since you were up, you were going to put the movie in. Um, but uh, so I have the copy of Flying Guillotine. I have is the Dragon Dynasty release. It's just one disc. Um, but I also have a copy of Master of the Flying Guillotine. It's a two disc anniversary edition. Um, Guess which one Amber picked up she, first. Yeah, Amber picked up Master of the Flying Guillotine. And I didn't see that she had picked that one up. I couldn't tell what it was. Um, she just picked that up and she opens the case and she goes, okay, is it disc one or two? And I was like, what? <laughs> so what are you talking about? It's like, the movie's a disc one or two. And I said, what, what did you pick up? And she shows me the cover and it was Master of the Flying Guillotine. She's like, she's like, didn't you want to watch this? I went, no, babe. Like, just Flying Guillotine, not Master like, of the Flying Guillotine. I was like, oh my god, everything has to have the same name. <laughs> it, yeah, no, not just, not, not, uh, it's not Master of the Flying Guillotine, just Guillotine. Which, I don't blame you, that can be confusing. It really can be, because, because the, uh, again, you know, every movie, there, there, there are so many movies that just have, like, the, the name in there. The same names, but in yeah, different there's, ways. There's flying Guillotine, Flying Guillotine 2, Master of the Flying Guillotine, Fail flying guillotines. <laughs> there's there's just so many. So, but uh, yeah, I just I just thought that was funny. I was like, no, it's it's just just flying guillotines. The original. Like think think of it like that. You know, if, if you're wondering which one to watch, the original is just flying guillotine. That's where it starts. But uh, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's it for today. Flying guillotines a great movie and. We're, we're, I was really glad that I got to watch it again, and uh, now I got to decide what to watch next. Which it, it'll probably be Skinny Tiger and Fatty Dragon because I just got that today and I've been waiting for it for almost two months. So, fine, probably gonna check that out. But uh, yeah, anyway, like I said earlier, yes, episode thirty-eight is going to be on One Armed Boxer. That's gonna be out on April second. I'm really excited to watch that and talk about it. I'm excited to show it to Amber because it's a wacky ass movie, <laughs> and it's so much fun. It's got um, it's got some really it's got some really creative fight scenes and just really crazy characters. Characters you won't see in any other movie. You really won't. I mean, like, Warren Boxer's got got a got a uh, a Japanese karate master who has vampire fangs. Okay. Where else are you going to see that? You know, there, there's, a, there's a Tibetan llama in the movie who can inflate like a balloon. <laughs> it's, so, All right. it's so great. I love this movie. I love War Arm Boxer. I cannot wait to watch it again and talk about it. Speaking of 
uh, Arrow Video is releasing a Blu-ray of One Arm Boxer. When I heard that, I was livid. I was not happy. And I only say that because I bought the Eureka release of One Arm Boxer last year. Or it was either last year or late 2020. When I found out about it, I was like, are you kidding me? Because that's going to be Region A. And the one I have from Eureka is Region B, which is UK. You know, so but we're we're getting a region A release of that, so like you can watch it in the states if you don't have a region free player. See, so when I found out about that, I was like, "Are you serious?" I just like I bought this a year ago. Why? But I didn't. You know, I mean, how are how are you supposed to predict stuff like that? They just they just announce releases, and I was wondering, should I double dip? You know, should I should I purchase that copy as well? But I'm not going to because it, it's not really going to have anything different from the Eureka release aside from like maybe one extra special feature but, yeah. but which i honestly don't really need but uh yeah anyway uh more on one arm boxer april 2nd so yeah april 2nd episode 38 we'll be doing one arm boxer and lastly i have one final announcement um we uh I've I've mentioned this on Facebook and Instagram, as well as a couple of YouTube videos, but we are on Patreon. Chaos Kofi Cinema finally has a Patreon. You guys can check that out. Go to patreon.com slash Caleb Kung Fu Fan. Once again, that's patreon.com slash Caleb Kung Fu Fan. Caleb is with a K, obviously. <laughs> um, the uh, tiers start at $3. There's the $3 Disciple tier, which if you uh, if you sign up for that, obviously $3 a month, you get exclusive uh, you get access to exclusive Patreon live streams, live streams you can only watch on the website or the app, you know, whatever whatever it is you you uh, you use Patreon for. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the live streams will basically be Q and A's. Uh, we'll give our initial thoughts on movies, like after we've seen them for the first time or something like that. Um, and it won't just be kung fu movies; it'll be any movie we see for the first time. Like if we decide to go see the new Sonic movie. Um, and and we we'll, we we do a live stream. We'll be like, hey, we just saw the Sonic movie. We thought this and that, you know. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be stuff like that, you know, or or just me just telling stories about about you know my experience with a kung fu film as a kid, or like when I when I when I did martial arts as a kid, or um or just discussions on movies, you know, like a movie that that I like and someone else doesn't like, or something like that. Um, but yeah, that is the three dollar disciple tier. Next up is the $5 master tier that will get you, um, sorry for $5 a month that will get you the access to the live streams. And you also get one week early access to the YouTube videos, which is my unboxing videos, my Blu-ray review videos, or my DVD review videos, all that good stuff. So yeah, the $5 master tier will get you one week early access to the, uh, the YouTube videos. And lastly, there is the grand master tier, which is $7 a month that will get you early access to the YouTube videos, access to the exclusive live streams, and you'll also get a shout-out right here on the podcast. So if you guys want us to give you a shout-out here on the uh, on the show, go ahead and check out the $7 Grandmaster tier and you'll uh, you'll get you'll get a shout-out as well as all the other good stuff that we had just mentioned. But uh yeah, once again for one final time, that's patreon.com slash Caleb Kung Fu Fan. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel as well as the Facebook and the Instagram and the letterbox and all of that. And uh yeah, that is that is it for today. Thank you so much as always for listening. And uh until April 2nd when we talk about one arm boxer for episode 38. We'll see you then. Take care guys.